Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. As we record this, it is halftime of the Rams and Bears game. And to the shock of many, the Bears right now have yet to score a point (laughs) against the Rams. And Mitch Trubisky is 12 of 24. It's his footwork. It's his footwork. It's why he's not playing good. He just, I studied four tapes and it's his footwork. Are you kidding? Look, I love Chris Chris Collinsworth is defending him. I love Chris. He's a tremendous guy, right? I know he's got pro football focus. He's got a thousand fucking people analyzing tape, breaking things down. He's become the authority on all player evaluations. You know, nobody's allowed to think outside of pro football focus's box. This is crap. This is fucking crap. The guy's got 20 passes for 100 yards, and he's talking about footwork. Footwork? It ain't footwork. He can't play. He can't fucking play. Like, that's the end of them. At some point, can't we call a spade a spade on television? You make $8 million a year. Can't you educate America and tell this guy, look, he can't read it. He can't process. He's not good. He's why the Bears are terrible. Can't we do that? Isn't it fair to us as a consumer to tell us this? 12 of 24, 101 yards, one interception. But you're right, Mike. Who cares about the numbers? If you just watch five minutes of the game, you go, oh, my God. Like, it's not like the Rams' defense are these world beaters, and all of a sudden Trubisky can't do anything. And you're right. After a while, it becomes excuses. It becomes, wow, the weather, oh, the bye week, oh, the team they're playing, oh, the receiver. No, no, no. Ultimately, he's not very good. And the, here's the biggest shock to me, Mike, is anybody who says, well, let's see how the rest of the few games go. No, no, no. We have seen enough of a sample size. Have we not collectively to know Mitchell Trubisky is never going to be a star in the NFL? He's not even going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, no, we, we know how this is going to go. We know how it's going to go. We've seen it, right? I mean, the Rams know they got 10 points. If they don't fuck it up, they're going to win the game. <laughs> they know this, right? But Jared Goff doesn't look good either. He doesn't look any good either. No, they don't. None of them look good. Here's the thing. Like, I understand that, you know, you're an announcer. You work for NBC. You get private, you get all that crap, right? And you don't yeah. want to piss off the teams because you got to go in there and be nice. But boom, but you got to, I'll wash your back. You wash my back. Exactly. But wh- where does that leave us? Where does that leave us, the consumer? Where does that leave us? You know, I mean, you don't have to just rip them like I do. I mean, you don't have to do that because you're too professional to do that. But you don't have to make footwork. Footwork? What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, that's like when when I go to the mechanic and he says something's wrong with my car. Like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, brother. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Carburetor, this. Who knows? To make it clear, Mike, was Collinsworth praising Trubisky's footwork or says it needs to be improved and he'll be good? He's improved over the last four weeks, and it's just really when he's lazy with his footwork. Mm. It's like the guy at the car. I say my muffler like I don't even know where the muffler is like I lease a car I after three years I lease one I'm not I don't want repairs I don't know I get a flat tire I gotta call somebody I don't even know where the jack is like tell me what the fuck's wrong why, why are you telling me this I'm 100% with you the car analogy I also suck at that I just call somebody I have no idea what I'm doing I'm sure by the end of this podcast, the Bears still won't have scored a point, but let's get into some other topics. And everybody in America will be sound asleep. I mean, this is the greatest thing. If you have any sleep deprivation problems, just put this baby on. Watch his footwork. Put this bad boy on. As Paulie and Christopher said, we should have just gone to go to Roy Rogers. (laughs) We should have stopped at Roy Rogers. (laughs) One of the games of the day, at least on paper, was the Ravens and the Texans. And how about Lamar Jackson? Four touchdown passes. He runs for 86 yards. How about the Ravens? They've won now six straight games. They routed the Texans 41 to seven. A matchup between two first place AFC teams, two dual threat quarterbacks instead. Watson goes 18 of 29 for 169, a lost fumble and a pick. 
And I'm telling you right now, Mike, I am so fired up to see the Ravens come playoff time because Lamar keeps doing Lamar things. He really does. Now, look, this game, I mean, we know Al Riveron is sleeping at the switch. We know he's You buried him on Twitter. Oh, he's still asleep. He's still sound asleep. I mean, that call he doesn't make on Humphrey. Now, I know the game got out of hand, and the game's never about one call. But when you're playing Lamar and you get a lead on Lamar, you you feel better about yourself. You know, you got a chance to play from in front. And I I felt bad for Bill O'Brien because he had to challenge it, right? I saw Tony Dungy tweeted that the 49ers won a challenge today. So Al woke up in the 4 o'clock hour here on the East Coast. So that was a good thing, I guess. I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea, but that was just bad. The thing I think that we don't give enough credit for, and I was talking to somebody in the league about this this week, this Lamar Jackson phenomena is remarkable, right? And there's a thousand people that want credit for it, right? There's a thousand people. But let me just say this for a fact. The guy that deserves all the credit for Lamar Jackson is Steve Bishotti. He deserves it all because he wanted to draft him. He wanted to draft him. He was pushed into it. He kept asking the room. Remember, they kept saying, we're going to trade This is the down. Ravens owner who wanted him. The Ravens owner wanted him. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit for it. He's kind of late in the background. And when they drafted him, right? Remember this. The reality was, remember we were kidding about Russello about how he said, hey, you know, they wanted him so badly. That was the narrative we got from Chris, too, was his footwork. This is part two. That was part A. Part two's footwork. Part A was that, you know, they built their whole team around him, right? They built their whole team around him. My ass. They traded 17 different ways so they didn't have to draft him. And then he finally got the last pick in the first round. And here's what happened. The first time he comes in, Marty Morning, we remember him. We're building the team around him. Marty says to the coaches, this is fact. When are we going to move him to receiver? That's how little faith they had in this guy. That's how little faith they had in him. And now he's got a chance to be the MVP. And I think when I talk about culture all the time on this podcast and I talk about teams that like one another. I think we see that with the Ravens, and I think you're right. I think the players love this kid. He has unique qualities to let people fall for him, and they want to play better for him. And I, I don't think they've gotten enough credit, really, defensively. I think Don Martindale's done a tremendous job defensively, and you got to give them credit. They made the trade to go get Marcus Peters. That helped them. They cut that stiff linebacker, Kenny Moore, who's not even playing for the Rams. They got rid of him, right? You know, and they get Jimmy Smith back, and they got benched that Tim Williams just run up the field asshole from Alabama. You know, oh, I'm just going to run past – oh, he's on practice squad at Green Bay. You're running right past the NFL job, by the way, right? You just keep running up the field. And now, you know, they hold the Texans to 232 today, two for 10 on third down. I mean, they had Deshaun riddled. I mean, I think this is the untold secret about how good the Ravens have been is their defense is playing really well. Their defense is is meeting the challenge, and, I, and I'm going to give it credit to Lamar because I think the team all wants to play better for the kid. Which is why I think they're a legit Super Bowl threat. To your point, you look at the Patriots. We'll talk more about the Patriots game in a minute, but you know, you worry about their offense. Their defense is spectacular, but you worry about their offense. With the Ravens, you go, hey, Lamar's spectacular on offense, but their defense is legit. And all of a sudden, you could see a path towards Miami where the Super Bowl will be taking place, and you can see how this Ravens team can get there. Well coached, obviously, they've got all the tools and ingredients in place, but ultimately, it comes down to your quarterback. And for years, I always felt like, Mike, if you if you weren't a Lions fan, you still love watching Barry Sanders. Pre-dogfighting in prison, if you weren't a Falcons fan, you still love watching Michael Vick play. Right now, no matter what your team is, everybody loves watching Lamar Jackson play. I feel like it's everyone's second favorite team now, the Ravens, because he's the easiest guy to root for. He's must-see TV. No doubt he is. And I think that, you know, Michael Vick deserves a little praise here, too, because Michael Vick humbly said, hey, he's better than me. 
you know, he's better than me. Like, I watch the mayor of Munchkinland, I, I, and I think Kyler Murray's getting better. Don't get me wrong. I think the mayor's getting much better. But I see the mayor get caught by defensive linemen, right? I see him get tackled by defensive linemen. I don't see – sometimes he doesn't quite escape at the velocity of speed that Lamar does. I never see Lamar get caught. I mean – and the thing is, when I was watching him and my son Matthew was coaching at Louisville, I'd never seen a guy stumble as much as he did but never fall down. And he's still stumbling and bumbling. And he doesn't fall down. And I think the Ravens have a deadly combination. I mean, look, let's face it. You know, they're playing really good on defense. They controlled the ball 36 minutes today, so they play way less defense, formula for success. And they have the greatest field goal kicker in the league. They're not going to miss it. They missed a kick today. It's the first kick he missed all year. We're, we're week 11. He finally missed a kick. I love Tucker, by the way. He's an opera singer, too. His story's fascinating. I love that guy. It's the best, isn't it? I mean, I loved when The Sopranos would end with some operas at the end of the uh-huh. thing, especially when uh, that, that was the, the music at the end of The Sopranos. Like, you should, we, we should put a CD out just for the music of it. Yeah, especially the fact that Dominic Chinese sings, Uncle Junior. When you hear him singing, it, well, this guy's unbelievable. They would make a man weep. Yeah, I want to go hear him sing. I think, doesn't he play in New York quite a bit? He does play in the city somewhere. We'll we'll uh, we'll get you I'll to just, find I'll out. We'll nail that down. Yeah, I want to go sit there and have a cup of tea and watch him. How about this tune coming out of Philadelphia? Make me smarter. Jim Schwartz's sway within the Eagles unparalleled. Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer writing that there may not be a coordinator in the NFL with as much autonomy over his unit and sway in personnel decisions involving his side of the ball. Coach Doug Peterson has often cited Schwartz's success as a coordinator and experience as a head coach as reasons for granting him independence. But the weight he carries in personnel is a front office construct, with general manager Howie Roseman often centering his choices on Schwartz's evaluations, according to league and team sources familiar with the Eagles thinking. What do you make of that article and that fact that he has that much power, a guy like Jim Schwartz, a guy you know well? I think this is the most unbelievable article I have ever seen on a Saturday before you're playing a big game. And this is a plant job. This is, we got friends in the newspaper business. This is a complete plant job. Like, what sources in the league are going to know about this, right? What sources? This is Howie Roseman basically saying to everybody, I don't want you on my back. Like, I've acquiesced to this guy because if we get torched for 450 yards by Brady today and everybody's blaming my defensive players, they're the ones he wanted. This is what this is. This is a, I mean, this is a perfect example of not having a culture within a building. How can you let this article come out the Saturday before you're probably playing one of the biggest games? How can you do that? How can you let somebody come out and rip about the draft, right? Now, I watched it today. I did it today. I watched after the Eagles lost to the Patriots. I turned on Comcast Sportsnet, which is a local station here in Philadelphia, and they've got my man Michael Barkin. they got uh, Barrett Brooks, former left tackle from Kansas State. they got Ray Dittinger, Hall of Fame newspaper writer, and then they've got Seth Joyner. And they're all to the man, all to the man, blame the loss. And even the, the former governor, the Governor Rendell. He Ed was, Rendell the was there. Too. Ed Rendell's on every week. He's got an opinion on everything. And so they went over and they basically blamed it on the fact that the Eagles couldn't run the ball. They had one drive where they ran the ball and they stopped running. And I'm sitting there thinking, fellas, wait a minute. The greatest defensive coach in the history of the sport, the greatest coach in the history of the sport is on the other side. Once you do something, he counters it, right? Like, so that drive that you're all talking about, they should keep doing that. He was going to counter it, okay? So anyway, and I'm listening to them all talk, and they finally got to the subject of analyzing Howie's drafts the last six years. 
right? And the 13 draft was really Chip Kelly's draft. It wasn't Howie's because he got sent to Elba, you know, and so and, and then eventually he got rescued from Elba, much like Napoleon, and he got brought back by the by the owner of the Eagles, and they brought him back. So this is a plant job, AD. I mean, this is really bad. This is not a healthy organization when you're doing this. This is somebody controlling the strings, trying to blame other people. And who's the fall guy? You're five and five. Like you have no team speed at receiver. Like, you have no team speed. You're the slowest NFL team in the history of football. You can't – if you take what the Patriots did today, they took Ertz away, right, and they said they dare you to throw the ball to anybody else. They dare you. Aguilar's inconsistent to begin with. Even though he could run a little bit, he can't make enough plays. They took Ertz away. They can't really run the ball. Where are you going with the ball? And Wentz just isn't the same player. I mean, let's just face it. And so you need this article? How do you think Schwartz, who's a really smart guy, how do you think Schwartz felt when he read this article? Furious. He's thinking, hang on a second. You guys are throwing me out there. You're throwing a line of the wolves just in case we lose. So if we win and the defense steps up, wait, am I going to get the credit for this? No. It's going to go back to the draft. Yeah. No, it's going to go back to Howie. These are all the players he wanted to pick, right? I mean, you can't sign your letters, general manager, and say, I acquiesce to somebody else. You, like, you can't do that. That's like saying, I, I'm the president, but I... I let all my middle managers make all the decisions. Like, at some point, stand up. Like, we talked about this before. Like, at some point, like, okay, I tried to trade for Jalen Ramsey. I wanted Jalen Ramsey. I just couldn't get it done. Like, you're listening to the media. You're listening to them. You're watching Daily News Eyes more than I am. You're watching these guys on TV. Like, why are you doing this? Like, just have some confidence. He doesn't have confidence, but we'll have some confidence. Like, it's comical. And that this article, to take a shot because you think, you're, you think your defense is going to get torched, which it should have got torched, except for they were really well coached today, and they did a hell of a job. They gave up really one drive in the game. Meanwhile, your offense can't do crap. You scored seven points. You got three points on basically a 51-yard pass interference call. Right, first, first drive of the game. The Eagles on offense are a joke. They're like a basketball team that can't space the floor. They can't space the court. And also, once Lane Johnson left the game, they couldn't run the ball either. They couldn't run the ball. And, and I mean, they, they, they really, I mean, they can't convert third downs. And meanwhile, they're getting on Peterson like it's his fault because he can't do it. Meanwhile, Doug's, Doug's doing what they want him to do. I mean, like, Doug's doing what they're, they're trying to keep things in check. And I mean, look, the one thing I think that's pretty, pretty clear, I think this is pretty clear. We can go and say this with a degree of certainty. They miss Frank Wright. There's nobody in that building that was doing what Frank Wright was doing. You know, today they get 255 yards. They're three for 13 on third down. I mean, they hold the Patriots to five or 16 on third down. The, the red zone, they don't, they don't let them kick a field goal. All they hold them for three field goals. I mean, think about it. Yeah, I agree. The score, it was kind of shocking the Eagles were still in it because you're right. They jump out to a 10 nothing lead, but then 17 unanswered, and the Patriots had several drives at the end of the first half. They did not get touchdowns. They settled for field goals. The fact that Philly still had a chance to win, and in fact, a, you know, a bobbled ball there in the end zone, it could have been a tie game. I'm with you. It, score closer than one would indicate. No doubt. And I think that, look, you don't need this article. Why would you want to be divisive in your own organization? Like, why would you want to do this? Like, if McC like McLean got that column from somebody, right? Like, he just didn't make this up. Somebody gave him a story. And somebody sub supplemented the story with facts. People inside the organization. Like, who in the organization? You think Schwartz is going to talk to him? Seriously, you think, oh, I'm going to defend my – he doesn't have any time for that. He has so much sweat. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll tell you what. He does have a lot of say. He got LeBlanc. He didn't want LeBlanc. You guys signed LeBlanc last year. He ended up playing him in the slot. He ended up loving him. Like, he didn't want LeBlanc. Who wanted LeBlanc? Nobody wanted LeBlanc. LeBlanc runs 4-7. But he brought him in there. He saw what the kid could do. He put him in the slot. Next thing you know, he was one of the reasons they turned their season around. 
look, I don't think all is lost for Philadelphia, but I think at some point you got to stop blaming. Like at some point, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to win games? Or are you trying to get credit? Again, that's what it really comes down to. That's the problem with the freaking league is everybody's trying to get rid of it. And when, it's, when you lose, everybody runs from credit. Everybody wants to – everybody. Oh, it's not me. I, 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 I'm the general manager. I have all the power. I make $2.5 million a year, but I let the coaches do what they want to do. Really? Seriously? Right. And the Eagles now are one game behind the Dallas Cowboys – with Dak Prescott and the boys just hammering the Lions. I mean, the Lions' defense is just a sieve out there. Dak had 444 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. They've won three of four because Dak's been great during that stretch. Ten touchdown passes, only three picks. But speaking of sourcing, Mike, I want your take on this. This is from James Slater of NFL Network. A team source tells me Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett had a meeting with the players Thursday. While they wouldn't divulge all that was said, I was told they took accountability for some things. It was really well received by the team. They played hard for each other and him today. Jason Garrett's the reason they won this game. He motivated the team to play well. Uh, if you're going to have a team meeting and to, to, to get people accountable, I think maybe this might be the week to have it when you're headed up to Foxborough and there could be a snowstorm and you got to go play up there. <laughs> I mean, if you can't beat the Lions without their best player, Right? I mean, seriously, really, where are you going? You got Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback. I mean, I know, and I'm and I'm disappointed in it. I mean, I'm really disappointed in it because when I watch the game, I mean, I predict I had the you know, people are like, Well, Lombardi, you didn't you know, no, wait a minute. I had we did this on Thursday. I picked the Cowboys. The circuit lines come out for the contest. That was four and a half. Even if it went up to seven, I was going to take the Cowboys. I don't really give a crap, right? I mean, this was a game the Cowboys had to have. When you look at their schedule, they can't afford to lose this. They go up there, and Jeff Driscoll actually looks good. I mean, Jeff Driscoll, first drive, they turn the ball over, they get a touchdown. And I said this on VEASAN. I said, look, the only way the Cowboys lose this game is if they lose the game. The Lions can't win it. They're not set up to win it. I mean, they're so bad on defense. They have no speed. They can't rush the passer. I mean, every quarterback, they want to play against this team. It's so bad. But, like, when you look at the NFC East, the Cowboys are the best team. They're better than the Eagles. I think that Terry Bradshaw is actually listening to GM Shuffle because I'm watching Fox's pregame show today, and they were talking about the Cowboys and their play calling. And Terry Bradshaw says at some point, you got to do more than just clap on the sidelines if you're the head coach. I said, oh, my God, the clapper. Even Bradshaw is <laughs> listening to you, Mike. I think everybody's got it. I think I made the biggest mistake, I, and I said this to Belichick. He should have he trademarked, do your job. The Patriots beat him to it. I mean, it was his line. I mean, the Patriots took it from him, right? I should have trademarked the clapper. I mean, because it's the perfect name for him. It really is. I mean, I just want to know. I'm, I'm happy he had a meeting, but why doesn't he have like a meeting every day at 8 o'clock to start the team meeting off and say, fellas, here's how we're going to have to play the game. Here's the way we're going to play the game this week. We're going up to Detroit. We got we have ball security is the number one thing because if we turn this ball over, we'll give them hope. They have no hope, right? We're not going to turn the ball over. We're going to practice ball security this week. We're going to practice tackling this week because we've got to tackle well in space. We can't give them cheap yards. We're going to practice our red zone offense because we're going to move the ball at will on these guys, and we got to score touchdowns. We can't kick field goals like that's the team meeting you got to have like that's what the team wants they want direction on how they're going to win the game we want to talk more football when we come back michael thomas is making history help the new orleans saints win big all that more after the break as we continue here on the gm shuffle All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... 
As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. Let's talk some more football. New Orleans Saints bounce back in a big way as Drew Brees throws for 228 and three touchdowns. And how about Michael Thomas? He is leading the league right now in receptions. He's the first player in league history with 90-plus catches in the first 10 games of a season for the Saints. He also became the first player with at least 90 catches in each of his first four NFL seasons. Overall, he had eight catches for 114. On the other side of the ledger, Mike, the Bucs are now 3-7. and seven. They've lost 5 of 6. And Jameis Winston goes 30 of 51. 51 pass attempts for 313. But let's focus on the Saints. Good bounce back win for them. Yeah, and I liked it. I, I thought it was a good play. I thought the Saints were a good call. I thought that they would come back and they would do things that would create problems for them. And having Kamara back and helps, you know, Drew Brees, even without their offensive lineman Pete in the game, they were able to move the ball. Jarrett Cook came in and then they, you know, they get all these combinations of, of what they did. I thought Brees looked good. This Bucks team, to me, if if you're the Glazer family, and you've spent all this money on Bruce Arians and to, to rehab uh, Jameis Winston, and they've basically come out and said that they're going to resign him, they're going to keep him. I mean, how, I don't know. But, I mean, at some point, when do you realize you can't win with this guy? When do you realize your team's a mess? And I, I think the problem in Tampa, I think people don't understand it. When you live in certain parts of this country, there's a lot of shit for players to do. In Tampa, the strip club capital of the world, there's a lot of things going on down there. And if you don't have players that are completely dedicated to the game and really buy into the team culture, just look at what Lamar's done to Baltimore. Look what he's done to Baltimore. Look what Deshaun's done to Houston. You know, And Jameis has had five years, and he can't get that done down there. That tells you an awful lot. That tells you a lot. Like They're not playing for Jameis. They're not playing for him. And I think that's really I think that's got to concern the hell out of you if you're the if you're the Glazer family because you're really not you hired Bruce you got him out of retirement to help fix this quarterback and he can't and look let's face it the Saints to me I think the South based on what Carolina did today based on Atlanta being out of it I mean the Saints are walking away with the South that's not even going to be a problem are you telling me sources indicate Jameis Winston's uh, throwing dollar bills at Mons Venus <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this. 
I think you got to have a really good locker room in a place like Tampa. I think in, in New Orleans, you have to have a really good locker room too. I think there were times where Sean didn't have a good locker room in New Orleans. I think there was too many guys that were doing stuff off the field that was affecting their on-the-field stuff. It's a little bit the Cleveland conversation we had. At some point, the owner's got to take accountability for it, right? You know, we didn't talk about this last week with the, with the Miles Garrett because we recorded before it. But, I mean, at some point, the owner's got to assume. We, we've been saying all along on GM Shuffle about how, you know, John Dorsey refuses to acknowledge character. I've called – in my column I wrote for The Athletic, I called John Dorsey a modern-day Al Davis in the sense – not that he's as brilliant as Al Davis or as new football the way Al Davis did, in the sense that he could give a fuck about character. That's what makes him the modern-day Al Davis. And I think that, you know, when you have a team in New Orleans or you have a team in Tampa, in those areas – you got to be really reticent to the character of the players or you're going to lose them. And if they don't really buy into football, it could be a real problem. So the Saints are the good bounce back for getting roughed up by Atlanta's defense. And the Falcons' defense proves they're not an aberration. They had one of the worst defenses in the league the first eight games of the year. They were 1-7. in seven. But then they take care of business against Allen and the Panthers today. Atlanta wins it 29-3. to They intercepted Kyle Allen four times, sacked him five times. Second straight lopsided win against an NFC South foe. You and I both were saying, Mike, that Dan Quinn was done. DQ was going to get disqualified from that position. To what can you attribute this resurgence? of this Falcons defense. Well, I mean, just listening to the broadcast today, I watched the game, and you know they talked about how he moved Raheem Morris from the wide receiver position, made him the defensive back coach, and it's paid dividends. It's paid dividends. I mean, they actually break on the ball, they get interceptions, and the defensive front's playing with much more tenacity. They're rushing the passer. I mean, this game was over quick. Look, I think the Carolina – I'm going to write this tomorrow for the Athletic. I actually wrote it last week. And then I, they told me I had to change my column. Don't you hate when that happens? You know, That's you, the you worst. Write, oh, it's horrible, right? You write a whole column, and then they tell you, no, we don't don't write that one because you got to write something about the Browns. But I wrote this column really about David Tepper and, and the Carolina Panthers, and and I and I said in the column that I wrote, which I got to obviously update tomorrow, but. I said, look, I don't understand this whole narrative about how Cam's going to play for Chicago and how Cam's going to go to this other team or Cam's going there. The team that needs a quarterback more than any of them is Carolina. Like, Kyle Allen's not any good. Like, Kyle Allen's not good anymore. I mean, like, we've seen Kyle Allen. He had 10 yards per attempt in his first game as an NFL career. Since then, it's been steadily downhill. And they keep giving the ball McCaffrey. They keep wearing his ass out. Their offensive line is atrocious. And defensively, they can't really cover. I mean, we saw it when they went out to San Francisco. We saw it against Green Bay. And Matt Ryan, I mean, my pick of the week for point spread that I do every week, it was Atlanta. I did it on GM Shuffle. It was a pretty good gimme right there. Because the two teams, the Falcons, even though they only had two wins, and the Panthers, who have, I think, what, they have five? You know, I mean, they were probably as even matched as any two teams that that were separated by a lot of wins and losses. So I I think the issue here is not where is Cam going to end up is, you know, what is Carolina going to do with their team? Are they going to keep Marty Herney at general manager? Are they going to fire Marty Herney? Are they going to fire Ron Rivera? Everybody wants to fire Ron today. Right? Are they, what are they going to do? And David Tepper, who if you mention David Tepper's name to anybody on Wall Street, they hold him in reverence, right? He is the true wizard of Wall Street. I mean, he is. Unbel- I mean, they hold him in esteem. He's calculating. You could have a beer with him. He's intelligent in terms of business. And so he's probably making a move, and he's just collecting data like most analytical people are, and he's going to make a move, whether he decides to keep Ron or whether he decides to keep Marty Herney because he inherited both guys from from the former earner, Jerry Richardson. But before he does anything with Cam, 
my column was he's making that decision on those two guys. That's what's going to lead him to camp. Right. He's the Wizard of Wall Street. I prefer the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, leader camp. The Wolf yeah. of Wall Street, right. I like that too, yeah. Was that Margot Robbie oh in that movie? God. Was that her first leader, yeah, First time in a movie, unbelievable. Well, I mean, the casting director for that movie was perfect. I mean, you know. <laughs> Couldn't have been better. We need a blonde bombshell that will overwhelm DiCaprio. I got someone for you. I mean, is he great? I mean, Leo's so good. I mean, it's just oh. unbelievable. Oh, movie's hysterical. Modern day Caligula, he called it. Um, <laughs> before we get to Mike's picks and weekly awards, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick in just a second. But first, Tua Tunga Vailoa dislocates his hip. He's done for the season for the Crimson Tide. 38-7, to they beat Mississippi State. But this felt devastating. And as you said all year, Mike, you know, Tua, for you, you were very quick to say he was not the number one pick for you. It was Joe Burrow. And as the season has gone on, that has proved you correct because Burrow has been tremendous for LSU. And now I worry about what kind of future Tua is going to have. I just think of hips. I think of Bo Jackson. Never was the same guy after that his hip injury. I hope it's not the same case. But there's a lot here now. I worry about Tua's long-term future. I don't know if Alabama is going to make the playoff now. I don't think they will. I mean, even though they say they don't judge it like a, a gymnastics event, you know, the Russian judge gives 5-4, the Czechoslovakian judge gives it. They, they all they lie at the NC2A. They all judge. I mean, they moved Oklahoma up. They moved another team that won down because they didn't win with enough beauty points. They're not going to let Alabama in this thing with a backup quarterback. Of course they're not going to do that. But, you know, it's funny. When, when Zeke scored today, he did the imitation of Dak moving his hips, you know, and all I could think about was poor Tua. Is he going to be able to move his hips like that, you know? And they say he can. Now, I think he's got a couple options here, right? So he could come back to school for another year, right, and play. He can declare for the draft. Or he could go back to school and not play and then just kind of declare for the draft once he's back there. So I don't know really which way to go because if he declares for the draft, he's obviously going to the combine. Everybody's going to look in the hip. People are going to be concerned about what the hip is, where is it going, and then durability. you got to be concerned about how healthy can this kid stay, right? No question about it, and I worry about it. I think if I were him, I'd go back to Alabama for another year. I'd go back to Alabama for another year. I'd say to Nick, look, I'm going to come back, and I'm not playing until I'm 100%. I'd stay with Nick. I'd get treated. I'd get the medical people attention there. I'd get completely healthy, and I'd show people in a situation, you know, that I'm healthy. And then all of a sudden, my stock will go up, and then I get away from this draft class because remember now, this draft class will have Herbert in it. It'll have Burrow in it. I don't know if there'll be another draft class. Well, the next draft class will have Trevor Lawrence in it, but he, you, you're not going to be Trevor Lawrence anyway. That's true, right? I think you have to weigh that out. Like it's Trevor Lawrence is going to go. All right, so he goes. What am I left with? Yeah, maybe he feels like, you know what, I can be the second best guy behind Lawrence, but I'll take the full year to prove to everybody I'm 100% right. rather than going into a combine having to prove skeptics wrong. Right, and then all of a sudden everybody's probing my knee. I wouldn't let anybody look at my hip until I knew my hip was completely right. Yeah. I wouldn't let anybody do it. I would just wait. And, I would, and what am I in a rush for? I'm going to be a first-round pick if, I, if I'm healthy. So what am I in a rush for? I'm not going on the field. I'm not playing. Like, let me just rehab myself and get healthy, and then I'll go and not declare. I don't have to declare for the draft. Who says I have to? Why should I have to compete with guys that are healthy? Let me get healthy first. Yeah, it's such a reasonable, logical uh, thought process you're giving, which is why I wonder if it'll happen. Like, nothing against two. I just find that today modern athletes are just in a rush, right? Like, I, I, I gave my eligibility. They're a money right. grab. They want the money grab. And I think, to me, patience is really the best virtue you can have right now. Like, why not just take your time, get healthy, go back to Alabama, get medical treatment at Alabama, make a deal with Nick. Say, hey, Nick, I ain't playing now. I'm, I mean, you know, I ain't playing no spring game, ain't no spring practice. Like, I'm on a different program here, and when I'm healthy, I'll come back to the team. 
Meantime, Colin Kaepernick, Saturday workout, which is already bizarre. Saturday, you know, scouts are looking at college football teams. Obviously, NFL head coaches and GMs are worried about games that they're playing on Sunday or Monday. But instead, the league trying to help Cap get a job. They said, we'll give you an open workout on a Saturday. Hasn't played in three years. The event's supposed to take place, and he moves a location an hour away. And the majority of the scouts and the people there said, the hell with it. We're going to a plane. We're getting out of here. Now, the actual workout, they said he looked good, according to some. Arm strength is good. To which I say, Mike, you're facing no pass rush. You're throwing to guys you should be comfortable throwing to. You're wearing your underarm or whatever it is. You should be completing 90 to 95% of your passes. I mean, I don't take any stock in someone saying, oh, Kaepernick threw the ball well. Well, of course he threw the ball well. He didn't have to worry about anything. No adverse conditions, anything like that. But what are your thoughts on the fact he moved the location whereby he just removed like half of the people there who were there to see him? Yeah, I, you know, look, it, you know, you want to join a team, you need some form of compliance. If you're going to be always non-compliant about everything, then you're not a team player, and there's something wrong with that. I mean, look, I think we get too caught up in the in this. There's a social issue that's certainly important in this, but there's also the football issue. And Cap, as a football player, he opted out of his contract. He got a contract offer from Seattle. He didn't think that was good enough. He got a contract offer from Denver, according to what I was told. Didn't think that was good enough. Now he comes into this workout. He won't sign the waiver because he thinks there's a clandestine operation to discredit him from the league office, which maybe he has every right to think that. However, you, every player signs a waiver to work out. Like, nobody just walks out to the field and has an unlimited liability passed along, right? So... He, the waiver standard operating procedure. Like all I'm saying is people already think you're difficult to deal with. Why do you want to make it harder for that? Like why don't you, can't you comply with the team environment? Like why can't you this is a job interview. Would you go on a job interview and say you have conditions for the interview? <laughs> Never. Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. Now, you know, you're not allowed to say that because you're you're attacking his social. I'm not attacking his social issues. He has every right to do that. I'm talking about I'm attacking his interview issues. Like he's here. You know, and I don't really care that he, I mean, I've seen a zillion guys work out on YouTube against air that look good. I've seen a zillion of them, right? I've seen one guy, Jim Schwartz brought me a tape one time of a guy that actually filmed himself working out and he would actually, when he came up to the camera and he was describing what he did, this is a true story. When he was describing what he did, he started throwing up. Oh my God. So, I mean, like I, I, I heard Steven Smith's argument. He was passionate about it. He said the kid doesn't want to play. Stephen A. was fired up. Yeah. He was fired up. And I listened to it. I heard what he said. I don't know if the kid doesn't want to play, but I think he doesn't want to take away the fact that you have to be compliant to want to play. You you have to want to be willing to do things for the people that are going to employ you. Unless you own the team, you can't. Like, I'd like to work in the NFL. I can't. You want to work in the NFL. You want to work. You want to produce a movie. You can't. Like, are you going to go produce a movie and tell them what the, what you want to do? Seriously. Right. You got to play by certain rules. That's the way life is, right? You got to play by the rules, and no one's trying to restrict your personal freedom. But this is the way it is. We, we set up this thing for you. Just do the thing and go home. And then all of a sudden you say, I'm going to change the thing. No, no, you can't change it. Just do it. That's it. As Belichick would say, it's not that complicated, okay? <laughs> How about the fact everyone kept saying he looked good? You didn't think he looked that good, did you? I didn't think he looked good at all. Like, I know he's got a good arm. You know, he's got a long stroke. He's never been very accurate. Like, he's never been very – like, if you could just honestly evaluate this kid without getting politics into it, the fact is he wasn't a good player. He wasn't a great player. Did he lead a team to a Super Bowl? Yeah, he did. He did. He played really well in those, those couple of years. He did a great job. But for some reason, he hasn't been the same player since. And we all know this. Like, RG3 led his team to the playoffs too. He's barely hanging on. You know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, 
you know, Mitch Trubit, MVP went to the Pro Bowl last year, right? I mean, <laughs> Pro Bowl alternate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like at some point you have to meet it. I mean, he was on a two and fourteen team with San Francisco, you know. And I don't care about any of it. I care about what he does on the field, and he wasn't accurate on the field. He wasn't running. It was quite the pissing contest with Stephen A. Smith and Eric Reed because they start going back and forth. Of course, Eric Reed's in Cap's corner. He's saying that. The league doesn't want him to sign, and it's a big publicity stunt, so it's it's messy all over the place. Why would the league do it? Like, I think, look, I think the league has uh, has culpability in this thing, and it's just the organization of the workout. And I could understand why he doesn't trust the league, but at some point, when you reach this agreement, we're going to do this workout, and then you bail on the eleventh hour based on what? Like, really? Like, if you didn't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. I'm not going to sign a waiver. I don't want this. And okay, fine, that's fine. You don't have to do it. It's America. <laughs> People are going to keep talking about it, I'm sure. And by the way, you can always tweet us uh, either individually, M. Lombardi NFL or Adnan S. Verk. And of course, we're on Instagram as well at the GM Shuffle. Give us your thoughts on Cap and everything else. Coming up after the break, we give out our weekly awards. Mike was 26-16-1 against the spread going into week 11. How's he doing now? An update next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Mike, 26-16-1 going into the week. We always give out our picks, by the way, on Thursday, GM Shuffle, twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. How are we looking now? Well, we went 4-1. and one. You know, it was fun, though. Today I did, f- I did the five 1 o'clock window games. Bella and I sat there on the couch. We watched them. It was brilliant, you know, and, and I, I knew my record at, at 4.30. I was fine. Then I watched the Eagle game, and I watched Comcast uh, Eagle Insiders, which I think could have been a Saturday Night Live skit. Well, I liked but, to hear Seth Joyner was there. A great Eagle linebacker was a part of it. Oh, he was angry, too. He was pissed. He was pissed <laughs> off. He, nobody was adjusting, and then Ray Didinger was taking notes. He was, Ray Didinger was actually writing notes on the show as they were all talking. <laughs> it was hilarious. And they're all talking about how the Eagles just didn't run the ball. Like, you know, they had this first drive, and, you know, we had this thing going. And then they brought the, when they bring the governor on, that was Ed the best. Rendell. 
the governor, then the governor started getting on Howie. Oh, the governor, like, if you analyze Howie's last five drafts, they've been horrible. We, you know, they picked up Josh Gordon. Then all of a sudden it became, you know, the Seattle got Josh Gordon. Like, he's turned their life around out in Seattle, right? Like, Josh Gordon, you know, they got Josh Gordon, and, you know, they trade for Sanu. We, we're sitting here with the worst receivers in football. And then Michael Barking, we should cut Ag- Aguilar. And then Seth Jordan was like, no, we can't cut Aguilar. He's the only receiver we have. He's the, at least he got down the field. Oh, uh, it was comedy. Uh. But anyway, yeah. So I had four and one, so now I'm 30, 17, and one. Good week, man. Good week. Every Thursday, give it our picks. It's good. Look, we're not going to be great all the time, but it, I think we're at 63%. I mean, that's better than Billy Walters. You know who Billy Walters is? No. Billy Walters is the number one sports gambler in the world. He's in jail right now down in Florida. He got involved with that Mickelson thing, and he got caught for insider trading. Mm. And he didn't get locked up for sports betting. But I'll tell you a great story. So I'm with some prominent TV personality. And we decide we're going to go to Las Vegas. Millie's with us. We go to Las Vegas, go to this restaurant called Michael's, which used to be in the old Barbary Coast, a fabulous restaurant. Now they have it at the South Point. By the way, my guest is Jim Nance, is the prominent personality. Go ahead. I'm not going to confirm or deny this at all. <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny this. So then Dan Chandler, Happy Chandler's son, is the casino host at the uh, Hilton Hotel. And he wants to take all of us to go to Billy Walters' golf course because he's built 18 holes all from England, right? And we get out there, and he shows us the course, and after the course we go and we start having we have lunch, and so the conversation comes, who do you like in the Super Bowl? And Billy's like, those bastards, they set the line perfectly. They set the line perfectly. But if you can get the under at 51.5, go for the under. Everybody's devastated in the group, right? People run back to the hotel, bet the under at 51.5, right? Naturally, people's instincts were completely right. Atlanta got killed. Denver smoked them, right? Denver smokes them, kills them. And the under comes down to Chris Chandler's two-point play. Two-point play, and he doesn't get it, and the under caches. But Billy, I really want to – I've written a screenplay about – kind of based loosely on Billy Walters' life. Kind of like it combines the Sopranos. It combines the billions. It all kind of comes together with the guy who basically is a gambler. And this gambler is kind of like trying to play the bets because because when you're a high stakes gambler, you can't lay your money. They'll they won't take your bets. They won't take your bets. So you have to use runners to kind of place your bets. That's why the story I have like it's a little bit like Entourage a little bit. Then you got all these celebrity runners, people running money in there, figuring that they don't know what they're doing. It would have been a good thing. I had it sold, and then I didn't have it sold. Listen, I know you're a great writer, so I'm sure it's a great script. But we can agree, billions is like B minus. As much as I love Giamatti. Yeah, I agree. I think it just goes off on too many tangents. I, I think you're generous with the B minus. I think it's a C plus. I really do. Yeah, maybe you're right. It's I think C it's plus. a C plus. Like I, I watch it, I enjoy it. I mean, I like some of the references that come in it, you know? A lot of pop culture. Yeah. I like a little bit of that, but I think sometimes they go down the road too far on that a little bit too, you know? But, you know, I'm not really – I really don't like when Jamadi takes his clothes off and he starts getting into the uh, S&B. To, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's S&M. a little too, too much for me. Too much for me there. I don't think I want to do it, you know? Oh. Although I will say this. I went back and watched – I don't know. Millie's in California, so I had free time. I watched Amor Fu, which is one of my favorite episodes. And, you know, Ralphie's in the club there, and he's got Jackie and Jackie's partner in there. And he says – brings up Tony's name, and he's like, you know, fuck Tony. And Ralphie says, oh, sure, get pissed off at Tony because he don't break the dean's legs because you're too fucking lazy to go to class. That's the best <laughs> line of all. It's so good. Yeah, Jackie Jeter definitely very late. What spoiled – just the picture of uh, entitlement as a kid. He's a three-car garage kid. I oh. mean, that's the definition of a three-car garage kid who thinks no he's question. tough. You know, Born on third base. You know, he yeah. can't do it. 
These teams are all getting Fs. These are teams that are missing the playoffs. Giants, Jets, the state of New York football, just so it bad. So the bad. Bears, the Chargers, Tennessee, Miami, Denver, Washington, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Carolina, the Browns, Detroit, just a mess. You know, I th- we we gotta talk a second about the Browns. I mean, that whole thing with Miles Garrett's disgusting. But let anybody Ugh. that thinks anybody that thinks the Browns are going to run the table, you, you really need to have your head examined. I mean, because losing Miles Garrett will not shift the line very much. It won't shift the line a, a point. But what it will do is it'll expose the corners for Cleveland. Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward will struggle without pass rush. And what you're going to see is, and maybe it'll be Miami, maybe it'll be somebody else, but what you're going to see is you're going to see them really struggle to play down the stretch against anybody. You know, they're going to have to play Pittsburgh again. They got Baltimore again. They ain't running the table. They ain't running the table. And losing Garrett was really self-indulgent. It really, that's truly the test of no mental toughness because he went out, he acts out of character, right? If I were Pittsburgh, you know what I would do? I would find Pouncey, let him lose his three checks. I would redo his contract next year. I'd give him a roster bonus for what he missed the three games with and just repay him back his money. Yeah, I mean, he's sticking up for a teammate. Obviously, like you said, it was deplorable what Garrett did. He's, he's done for the year. He's going to be suspended in next season. But it's interesting. Michael Strahan said, listen, he's done that in practice. He goes, anybody who says this kid should never play again, even Howie Long said, he goes, well, clearly you haven't been around football very much. Nobody's defending him. Nobody's saying it's right. But they said this kind of stuff happens more than you think. Yeah, it does. No, I mean, there's fights in practice. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Revis and and Browner go at it at practice. It, the year we won the Super Bowl, I think it bonded our team. I think it bonded our team. They they weren't communicating on the field, and they got pissed off. And and you know, Browner was a tough son of a bitch. Now Brandon Browner, he was tough as hell. You know, and long. You know, he got into a fight, got got bad. And but I think it bonded our team. I think sometimes the, you need those things to bond your team. No doubt about it. Uh, let's do our playoff team. So NFC, we got Niners, Packers, Cowboys, Saints as division champions, and then the wild card Seahawks and Vikings. That means no Rams and no Eagles. Yeah, I, I think. Th- I, well, let me just say this. I think, and we we have this for another award. If you don't know now, you know. There's only going to be one team coming from the East. So New England goes to Dallas next week, and then Seattle goes into Philly. That's a playoff game for both teams. I mean, Seattle can't lose. They can't lose a breath. That's a playoff game. That's as good a game as you're going to get. And then Minnesota, you know, they got them and Green Bay battling back and forth if Minnesota doesn't keep playing like they do. But I think I feel really good about that. I think it's either going to be Dallas or Philly in that fourth spot, but it isn't going to be both of them. Completely agree. And over in the AFC, you've got New England, Baltimore, I'm going to go Houston division champion and KC. That means wildcard. I'm going Bills and Colts. You do not think the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills make the playoffs. You're riding John Gruden and the Raiders 6-4. and four. You know, I think Buffalo's got to throw the ball. Today, they, they had a, a compelling win. I thought they were in my power ratings, and, and I'm going to start putting them out. They were. I thought they would be an eight-point favorite. I didn't say to bet them because I had no confidence that they could be an eight-game, eight-point winner over the uh, the Miami Dolphins. But they actually play better. I'm not buying the Buffalo Bills until they prove to me they can throw the football effectively. Until they can throw the football effectively, I'm not going to buy them. Today there was a nice win. You know, Miami was riding high. That Miami had a chance to get back in the game. They Allen Hurts turned the ball over late in the game. Kind of got back in it. Buffalo won. I mean, you, I love what Sean McDermott's doing, and I'm sure next week I'll put Buffalo in there. But Oakland has the Jets, I think, next week. They got another easy game. Team going on the lamb is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I think there's going to be changes there. I really do. If you know anything about Tepper like I do, Tepper's going to bring in people that he wants. It's going to be a very analytical-based organization. I think this loss kills them for playoff possibilities because of the South, and I think it shows that they're really not a very talented team in terms of where they are offensively and defensively. 
the Fred Palermo Award. This is the best game plan going into the week. The Falcons win back-to-back games. And play great defense in two weeks in a row. Like, how about that? They play great defense to win two weeks in a row. you got to give them credit. I mean, look, they did it. Matt Ryan's played well. They go on. They won two games on the road. I mean, think about it. I mean, this team lost at home to Tennessee. It is surprising that they can be able to come back against a division champ, a division uh, teams, I should say, with the Saints and the Panthers. KGB Award, the team that got duped this week. I think the Vikings got duped. They got away with it, but they got their asses duped. They were lucky to get away with it. I mean, they're throwing the ball in the end zone on the last play of the game. Brandon Allen is throwing the ball in the end zone. I mean, they spot this is a ten, They were a 10-point favorite, and I think they were up 20 to nothing, Denver was. And again, this is another game that on my power rankings, it should have been a 7.5-point line in favor of, of the Minnesota, and I couldn't go that way because I felt like all the data was predicated on from Flacco, right? I thought all the data to lead the numbers was based on on – on Flacco and now with Brandon Allen I wasn't going to go down that road so I stayed away but they got duped I mean they're lucky to walk out of there with a win I mean they really were lucky to come out of there with the win it was it's going to be it looks like a win four point win on the thing but it was painful at the end they fought hard it's the kind of win that you can really help your team with because it kind of focuses them the next week as they get ready for the next game and you won't have any more letdowns the why do we win why do we lose the Colts no turnovers and smart play and the Eagles lost they don't have enough speed yeah, they got no speed on offense. I mean, really, Philadelphia is one of the slowest teams. I mean, they're not explosive at all. And the Colts, with Brissett back, Brissett made a great play on a two-yard touchdown run today. They And they blitzed today. They played with more aggressiveness on defense against a Jacksonville team that's bad in the offensive line. They brought Nick Foles back. You know, he hit DJ Chark on a deep throw, touchdown. But there's really just not enough consistency. And the one fallacy about the Jacksonville team is their defense is good. It ain't good. The Colts ran the ball effectively on them. That is interesting. You mentioned earlier, if you don't know, now you know, only one team from the East goes in the playoffs. Right now, Dallas, one game edge over Philly. Yeah, I, I just think to me, this is going down to the wire, and it's going to go back and forth. We got Week 17 game. I think Philly plays Dallas in Week 17, but the reality of it is here is I just think one team from the East, these two teams have t- kind of tagged along. They're not going to beat out the Minnesota. Minnesota's got Philly in the wild card. Now, Philly's got Green Bay in the wild card. But I think this Seattle-Philly game is going to be huge. And if Seattle plays them like New England played them today, watch out. And who is courageous? Who is desperate? The Eagles are now desperate. A 500 team after 10 games. You've got to go at least 4-2 and two to get to 9-7. and seven, And you really would like to go 5-1 and one to go to 10-6. and six. And courageous, you've got the Niners after they lost to the Seahawks on Monday night. Yeah, they fought back. I mean, Garoppolo throws two really bad interceptions in the red zone, but they fought back, you know, and they and they kind of found a way to win a game, and then they covered by 10 on a bad backdoor cover on the interception at late in the game. You know, so I think that that was another game that I thought that the Cardinals were the play there, and it ended up being a, it ended up being a bad idea. But, you know, I mean, I think you got to give them credit. The 49ers don't have their full team, and they're still finding ways to win. We didn't talk about the, the Washington Redskins losing 34-17 to to the oh. Jets. I, I mean, my thing with I'm as you know, living here in North Jersey, so the, the one o'clock game, I got the Jets and the Redskins. Like that is just torturous for someone to actually watch that football game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, and, and I see people are chanting, you know, sell the team. I mean, could you imagine being Dan Snyder and watching this product and think you you really know what you're doing? Seriously, at some point, don't you just say, you know what, we're screwed up. Uh, Joe Tess can be fired up for Monday Night Football. KC and LA, six and four Chiefs. Mahomes always must see TV against the four and six Chargers. That game taking place on Monday night. Quick thought on that one before we say goodbye. I don't like the. I was liking the Chargers based on my power rankings. I don't. Russell Okung's out for the game. I, I think that Charger offensive line is bad. I mean, it made the Raiders look like a dominant defensive front. 
I go Chargers. All this altitude, people don't realize this is a thousand feet higher than Denver. This is really you got to be in really good shape to play there. And I think that's the one thing you notice today too. The Eagles were not in great shape. But the, the, the Patriots were moving the ball in the third quarter. They had them in the third quarter. They just couldn't convert it. They, they kind of couldn't get going, but they had them. The Eagles' defensive front was, out of, was, was not in great shape. you got to be in great shape this time of the year because people go no huddle on you, and, and you're not running sprints or you're not conditioning. It's a problem. Enjoyed all the action. As always, once again, support us, GM Shuffle, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Instagram as well, GM Shuffle. And by the time you listen to this, I'm sure Trubisky and the Bears will have lost the game. (laughs) It's footwork.